And then I, you know, I also have a friend who uh, was a music major and because, <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, we call her Sarge. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like, she's a flautist. Uh, if they send her into combat, we're all screwed. Right. Um, so. See, when Brad went in, he was a seaman, and that was a whole lot of fun. Seaman William Bradley Parrish the second, first class, first class seaman. First class. First class seaman. Wear that badge of pride, man. Don't be ashamed. Boast about that. Episode 142 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest engage and address what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today we welcome Derek Weston, and I get to read I get to read today's bio because Shannon was clear she couldn't get through it. <laughs> Today we welcome Derek Weston. What is there to be said about Derek that has not already been said? He keeps a smile on Shannon's face. Sometimes it's an upturn, sometimes it's downturn, but it's always a smile. <laughs> you can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Dip your toe in at the shot glass level, just a mere $2 a month. There's some higher levels to sign up ads. You get some swag. You get access to extended interviews with special guests. And you also get exclusive, exclusive access to the pre and post show conversations that we record. Today, we did a little bit of follow up from the uh, Kanye conversation last week. I should mention that we've made a couple of changes to our Patreon tiers. Now at the $2 level, you get access to the interviews because clearly I'm not doing as many as I said I would. So yeah, we have to make a summer for that. But, but starting at the seven dollars and up now you got access to all the uh, pre and post show conversations because i am doing those and they take time so there you go visit patreon.com life to get started big thank you to our current patrons and a special shout out to two of our newest patrons Layton and brian thank you for signing up you can join in the conversation twitter facebook ig youtube all the socials use the hashtag pt live and before we get into the show i want to do a special plug for something i do every year some of you do it as well no shave november um if you watch the videos the last couple of weeks you will see i'm becoming increasingly hairier and grayer you can laugh out loud Derek it's okay don't hold it in. don't hold it in um, part of the reason I do this is because there's an organization called No Shave November that raises funds for cancer awareness and also donates to organizations that are doing the all the science about how do we prevent or cure cancer I lost my wife to cancer uh, going on four years now so it's a personal thing for me so if you would like to help me raise some funds to fight cancer because i know given how often people are affected by cancer i think it was like 1600 people a day or diagnosed with cancer last year um you can help me out go to no shave that's no dash shave.org slash member slash ogan h 
and I use the link of all in the socials. So uh, you can help me. Every dollar towards this cause counts. And thank you very much. And I'm not a fan of all the gray hair. So, you know, let's move this <laughs> along so I can shave it and look young again. Appreciate it. Look, the, the month is like halfway over. It's, it's, it's very know, close. Flying by. I know. It is. But you wear it well. It's very distinguished. Thank, thank you. I usually keep it also because usually also then I realize, oh, my face is a lot warmer as winter's happening. Yes. <laughs> so I keep it through winter. <laughs> there you go. Today we are discussing war. Huh. What is it good for? And yet, absolutely, absolutely not. Why are we so attached again. to it in the box office? Also, it's Veterans Day today or this week, if you are listening later. Um, we'll take on this to- complicated topic of support and honor. Derek, what are you drinking as our very special guest? So I, uh, I pre-gamed with a Sam Adams winter lager, which was, you know, because I'm basic. Um, ah. And now I am having a Dogfish Head pumpkin ale. Uh, I believe it's the last of our pumpkin beers. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the OG pumpkin beer for me. So that was anticlimactic. It was way close um, to my face. So anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Cheers. Cheers. I just want to point out I made him open his beer bottle with a Raven's um, bottle opener. Uh, so. She hates me. <laughs> it's what it's in my desk. <laughs> Let's go with that. Sure. I am <laughs> um, drinking a Buttswain chocolate stout. A what? Brewed with cocoa powder. I'm sorry, a what? But Boatswain, Boatswain, Boatswain. How do you say Bo- that? Boats. <laughs> boats That's <swain>. boats. <laughs> boatswain, Boatswain. Boatswain. Because it definitely sounded like you said Buttswain. <laughs> Buttswain, Boatswain, Boatswain. A but, a, really, a Buttswain chocolate sound. A Buttswain chocolate sound is what it sounded like. You know, you know, I've had some weird nicknames over the years, so <laughs> why not? There we go. There you go. Chocolate stout. Is that local? Uh, where is this from? That's a really good question. Let's see. Um, what is WI? Wisconsin. Nope, that okay. is not local. That is definitely not local. Rhinelander Brewing Company in Monroe, Wisconsin. So, so I am drinking a um, Heavy Seas um, Double Cannon, Double IPA. And in true fashion of our Veterans Day war conversation, the bold and brash daredevil massively dry hopped. This irresistible force showcases the power bringing the extra artillery. God damn. So, and I like, there's a big skull on the, on the bottle. Do you, do you drink that or do you I think it explodes in your mouth. Is <laughs> <laughs> a beer or a weapon? Good God. Yeah, so woo! That is not anticlimactic. It's it's exploded. It's, it's, it's there we go. Exploded. That answered the weapon question. Well, this is my uh, wine glass from last week. So, <laughs> was it cleaned from last week, or is it just nope. been sitting there? Oh, <laughs> it's been sitting nice. there since okay, last then. week. Because I left our show and then went out of town for a week. So you know. Hashtag stay classy. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, what is your favorite war movie or battle scene? Um, so, so great question. I just came back this weekend from oh, that seeing... sounds like yesterday, last week's wine. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Sorry about that. <laughs> I just saw Midway. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but <clears throat> in the movies, in the theaters right now, um, the movie Midway, um, about the, you know, the battle of Midway in the Pacific 
that um, basically stopped the Japanese advances um, back in WW2. And two things that was fascinating about the movie, eh, plot, I mean, you know, you know, you know what's going to happen in the story. Right. Um, and they really, I don't think they did a good job of, of, of personalizing it to the point where we fell in love with certain characters but but i think great depiction of the craziness of flying those planes and dive bombing ships like that was mm-hmm. some nutso work mm-hmm. and and the other cool thing was i might have been the only person in the theater under 60 now granted this was like friday afternoon so uh, but right. there were there were a few veterans in there um, yeah. watching, and you can you could see them like both tearing up, both sort of celebrating, just becoming moved by by watching the depiction of this thing that um, I'm sure a couple of them may have been you know uh, a day over eighteen and experienced right um, at the time. So it was it was very cool sort of to experience to be in there with that. Um, but um, in terms of favorite movies battle scenes like a lot of people saving private ryan yeah um that first opening i don't know 15 20 minutes that felt like an hour yeah that i mean that just uh yeah everything everything anything after that sort of pales in comparison um with that just a note uh for any of you who uh would like to know this saving private ryan Terrible first date movie. Oh, yeah. uh, guess who went on a first date to Saving Private Ryan? I mean, not me, not with me. Not with you. No, with clearly. You. We're we're still together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it's another great sort of war movie, but not really. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Don't spit your bear up there. All right, I'll do my. You know, I'll do my best. You know, yeah. sort of not really know. war movie, but no, I don't. I don't love war movies i mean mostly like i don't like glorifying war um which you know i don't know whether that's fair or not um so i tend like my answer to this question is much more of fictional battle scenes right so um so i i actually like i thought a lot about it but i have to say the end Battle of Rogue One is probably one of my favorite battle scenes. Uh. Um, I just think it's beautifully shot and beautifully done and very moving. And the way that the people that do fall, the way that the people do die, like die, like it's just, it's just really very stunning and very emotional. So, so, so if it's, a fictional story you don't think it's i don't mind fine war and violence but if, no. if it depicts a real battle that happened well i think that when it's not when it's definitely not real um then there can't be i mean you can still argue that it's a glorification of violence or war but it's not a glorification of what really happened you know like um, because I'm, I, my fear is even, um, so even if we made a movie about the war of 1812, right. And so none of those people are living, so it's not going, nobody's going to go see it and like 
um, get PTSD from remembering the experience of that very battle um, or whatever. I, I don't know. I just, um, there's always when it's a, when it's based in history, um, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and it, it doesn't really make, we're not very good at making those. We're not supposed to in those movies. We're not supposed to make those lines muddy. We're supposed to make them very clear who's who we want to win and who we don't want to win and i don't know i just always feel like it's it's just life's just more complicated than that well that rogue one battle did happen a long long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far far away that's not, i've never understood welcome. like why it was a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away unless it was like those greeks that invented indoor plumbing thousands of years ago and then i think it's just like it's just like that. Yeah. Like they had all this advanced technology and now we have none of it. It's been lost to us. Yeah. Well, don't, don't, well, I mean, you're going in the supposition that every place else and every other creature in the universe is in advance and at the same rate we are. We don't know that. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. So anyway, I just, I mean, listen, y'all, y'all can, I th and this is what we're going to get into, right? Like the glorification of war versus the honoring of people who serve. Those are very different topics. You know, and and last point: if aliens show up and they have the same technology as we do, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah. See, Independence Day is another movie I like. That you know, whatever. <laughs> that oh my gosh, when he shoots down the plane and he drags the like alien across the desert, like that's hilarious. I love that scene. Okay, go ahead. Your turn. <laughs> um, so actually, there's quite a few war movies that I that I like. Although I I have a little bit of like war movie fatigue. Um, so I haven't watched a lot of the newer movies because of that fatigue. Um, I would actually say that my favorite war movie, though, is Glory. Um, yeah. And, like, that for me as, one, just a really compelling story, great performances. I think one of the performances that really put Denzel Washington on the map in terms of, like, what an incredible actor he is. Um, and just the fact that African Americans very rarely get the um, get the respect we deserve for the fact that we have fought in every one of our freaking wars. Um, so I, I just I just think it's it's a it's a beautiful movie. It's 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 great. Works as a film. Um, it doesn't glorify war in in. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it's complicated. It glorifies the respect that comes from serving, which I, which right. is a thing that I think that a lot of us respect, which we'll talk about more. And again, like, as you know, my, my grandfather was a bombardier in World War II and like had to overcome a lot of things to be able to serve um, in a, a non-integrated uh, Army Air Corps in the Second World War. And so, like, that story just kind of feels like, for me personally, has a lot of resonance as just a, a incredible story. And, and it's a great film with great performances by, you know, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broderick. I mean, like, everyone's in that movie. It's a great, it's a great movie. Um, and... Uh, I, I mean, I would agree with, with Ogan that the... the opening scene um, of Saving Private Ryan while probably prohibiting me from getting a second date with the person that I was with. Uh, was for the best. It was for the best. It's all, everything <laughs> clearly worked out. Um, really was just incredibly powerful 
depiction of war that isn't glorifying of war in right. any stretch of the imagination. It's horrifying. Like it, it makes you like, like uh, it makes you put your popcorn down and and like deal viscerally with the effects of of the violence that is happening. Um, so yeah, the first time I saw Saving Private Ryan, I the the sound wasn't working. And so that entire first scene, there was no sound. And I honestly believe that's the only way, like, I think I would have had to leave. It's like brutal. I think it's the only way I could continue to sit there. Yeah. Like I could continue. I could watch the rest of the movie because there wasn't sound for those first 10 minutes. Um, I, you know, I will say this. Let me say this. Like, I, nothing gets me to tear up faster than uh, a war story, especially of, you know, a World War II or Vietnam or a Korean War um, or even Gulf War. Um, I've never seen the Foot Locker. Like that's- Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, sorry. Foot Locker. Foot Locker is a shoe place. <laughs> <laughs> which, which sometimes you'll get some battles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And what's the one? What's the one with when you Jordans um, drop? When you Jordans drop, man, that's that's fight like Foot Locker. What's the one with Vincent D'Onofrio, the Marine movie that was, um, that he shoots himself in the bathroom? And oh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. one's rough, and you know, Great of course, there's though. Forrest Gump. <laughs> what? We would call that a war movie. <laughs> No, anyway, I'm just teasing. Oh, yeah. That was a joke, everybody. It was What's a joke. It, All right, you can cut that right out because yeah. that wasn't funny. All right, Someone those of you who listen, are listening, I in. hope you laughed at that because it's leave funny. It um, <laughs> and my joke fell flat. Anyway, I just I just want to say that, like, especially a commercial, like any commercial that is put out there where like a soldier comes home or anything like, like I, I, like I lose it immediately. I completely cannot hold myself together. Um, so there's, there's all of that. Before, before we have, um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about movies, but before we kind of have this discussion, um, I was thinking about this earlier. What, what is, um, just the three of us, what is our closest connection Derek, you mentioned your grandfather to a, a veteran or a um, somebody even active. Um, so my my family, we're not military family, right? That's not how I grew up. But my grandfathers, both of them, one served in World War II and one served. Um, he's a pilot in Korea. Um, but I, you know, I was a music major. My bachelor's in, is in music, and a lot of the music performance majors went to military band because that's one of the places that you can actually get paid to play music. Um, and my best friend still, of course, he's, he's stationed at Pearl Harbor right now. And I have to block his wife because every day she goes hiking in this beautiful, beautiful scenery. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that they live a fantastical life, but it I'm a little that, pissed, I, pissed at them right Hawaii. now. They I are thought that story right was going a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I can leave that right there. <laughs> but um, you know, and he he was he was not he has never been deployed into combat, right? That is not his role. In fact, he always tells me whenever we're ramping up for war or whatever, he always tells me that my gauge is that I get to panic when they send him to fight. Because he is a tuba player in the Marine or in the uh, in the Navy band. 
And if they send him to fight, I get we're, to panic. No, we're, we're all screwed. Right. We're, we've already lost the war. Exactly. That's his point. That's his but, point exactly. Two players on the front line. We've lost the war. We've lost the we're, we're, I get to panic. That's that's he he assures me that on a regular basis. But the military has both been a blessing and a curse for their family. Um, but you know, it allows him to serve in a in a very um in a way that fulfills his his life. And it has been good for many families. Um, I just also not directly connected, but my sister is a social worker at the VA. And so her work is constantly with um, people dealing with PTSD and sexual assault and all the psychological issues that come from being a veteran. Um, and I, I think she's always lifting them up and I just want to lift her up in like a day like today sure. that I'm very proud of the work that she does. Um, it's much needed. Yeah. How about you, Ogan? I can't think of anyone. I don't know that anyone in, in my Barbados family has. And uh, I can't, no, I don't think I have any closer direct relatives. Do you have are, people that served in your congregation? Yes, yes. Yeah. We, we actually um, took a few minutes to acknowledge them um, this past Sunday. Um, and one of the things I said, because um, my unity congregation, bless their hearts, all hippie peace, peace love makers. <laughs> Um, I say to them, you know, regardless of how you feel about war and violence today, you know, we got to acknowledge the fact that maybe not so much now, but there was a legitimate time when an evil presence tried to take over the world. Yes. <laughs> and yes. and it, if it hadn't have been for um, the, the men and women who decided to fight that, granted, you know, America was more dragged into the war than than went you know sure proactively but regardless um if it wasn't for those people we would be living an entirely different life right now shout out to uh what's that show on amazon man, man in the high castle, castle. man in the high and that, castle and, and that yeah. novel that yes you know sort of played out the what, if, what if hitler yeah. had won once the yeah. germans had won world war ii so so there's that now you know the, the last few decades couple of decades when we've gone into war for all the wrong reasons, you know, Gulf Wars, all those sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can make a case for that, but, um, or against that, but yeah. So I, as, as a person who abhors the idea of war and violence and thinks that, that we are all, we, we should be at a place by now where we are um, a little bit wiser than that there are still like people out there who are legitimately despots and um, sometimes this is the only way they can be dealt with. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very nuanced murky sort of situation. Absolutely. Um, and it raises the argument of just wars versus unjust wars. And, you know, is that yeah. really an argument to have? And sometimes it is, sometimes it is. Yeah. yeah. So um, beside my grandfather, um, <clears throat> my stepdad was a Marine. Uh, he served around the time of Korea. Um, also, two young men who I mentored when they were in middle school, uh, when they got of age, they, they went to the Marines and both served in Iraq. Um, one in particular came back with pretty significant PTSD, uh, which was really really hard to watch someone that you mentored in middle school come back with as a 20 something with 
having done and seen the things that he had done and seen, uh, that was that was really hard. Um, and then I, you know, I also have a friend who uh, was a music major, and because <laughs> you know, uh, so you know, we call her Sarge. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like she's a flautist. Uh, if they send her into combat, we're all screwed. Right. Um, so. See, when Brad went in, he was a seaman, and that was a whole lot of fun. Seaman William Bradley Parrish the second, first class, first class seaman. First class. First class seaman. Wear that badge of pride, man. Don't be ashamed. Boast about that. Is it? I mean, he has four daughters. I think that's first class semen. Um, anyway, so, I would argue that there's, since there's not a boy in there, there's not a boy in there. <laughs> I'm not one of those people, by the way. No, anyway, so let's get back to our questions. Um, why do movies that involve revenge feel so good to watch? Have you ever gotten revenge, quote unquote? And how did it make you feel in the end? <laughs> I know. Brian stepped it up today. He's like, let's do it. I swear I to God, think... I, can't, I can't read these questions anymore without going like, what's, what's, what's been up for him what's on the going campaign on trail in... this week? Right. I feel I like he's can't. on the campaign trail going, here's what I want to talk about. <laughs> exactly. And we get to fuss it up. We get it. Now, right. granted, it's Veterans Day, so I understand. So the context yeah, yeah. makes it a little more sense. You probably may or may not have gotten these same questions regardless. But, sure. but my I... brain is, is there. I mean, my gut reaction is movies are movies that have revenge are so good to watch because we don't, because as a person of faith, I don't get to have revenge. Right. right? And so right. like movies is the fantastical playing out of my, you know, you did this to me, blah, 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 you know, of like secretly, you know, what is it? The lovely bones that the guy dies by icicle and you know, whatever. Like Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> that book is like 20 Kidding. years Kidding. old. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. But like, you know, all of these movies of, you know, what was the, you know, the, the wife beater movies where she learns all the things and comes back and gets him and, you know. Ooh, and just, my, my best revenge movie to this day, The Sting. You guys remember The Sting? The Sting, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was that was that was a great movie. Um, but I think you're right. It's it's I think we have this somehow inherent sense of justice that we don't like to see bad people get away with stuff. Right. Unless, and in our world, bad people, bad people get away with stuff all the time. All the time. All I the think, crimes. I all the crimes. That, I think that's the that's the piece, right? Mm-hmm. It's the piece where like it feels like so often in day to day life, we see bad people getting away with stuff all the time and like to have those fantasy moments where like the bad guy just gets theirs because everyone knows they're evil and someone's just willing to step up and just like um now i just caught myself because i i almost said serve justice and i think that's the problem when it comes to talking about things like war that revenge and justice are are very different, right? Um, but I think although although revenge is sometimes the reason we go to war, <laughs> right? Yes, and not always a, a justice justified. And yeah, I, I think that usually ends up in some problematic places. Um, but I think that there's an idea of of 
yeah, I've like in my in my life, like I, I really can't think of a time when like I have someone has wronged me and I've just gotten to see them get theirs in a way that was really satisfying. Mm-mm. And and because that's just not how. Uh, my real life anyway, that's just not how real life works. And even with like people who have hurt me in my life, like I see some of them hurt and like, the schadenfreude doesn't live up to it. It's kind of like, I don't want you to hurt the way that you're hurting. And I certainly don't want you to hurt the way that you hurt me. And you're a much better man than I am. uh, We do that. But I think, (laughs) I think it's, it's, yeah like there's there's no for me there's no like real life everyday like example of like getting revenge like there's there's like little things like the person who cuts you off in the grocery store you know like ends up having to you know wait behind gets in the gets in the long line at the you know at the grocery store and you're like haha you have to wait a little longer but like that's that's not all that satisfying. No, and as and, as if like some some vigilante came and you know killed that person. Right, like we're like, none of us are really daredevil, right? <laughs> like we're not, you know. And I think that's another reason why we like the movies is because yeah. none of, none of us are going to go do that. Right. So right. so the fact that we can fantasize it being played out on the big screen gives us some sense of satisfaction. But I think it's it's also really interesting to kind of see what's happened kind of in our in our particularly like around you know like I I love comic book movies but I think kind of around our societal like dissecting of those sorts of things of like we look at Batman and we go you know like when I was younger it was just like Batman's parents were killed and so he became Batman and that's super cool and now we kind of like dissect Batman and go dude you need better coping mechanisms. Right. Like, <laughs> you need therapy. therapy. Yeah. Like, you need man, some you, serious you need therapy. To talk to. Yeah. I mean, Alfred's just not doing it anymore. And yeah. whatever that and you voice recruit, is, you know, you in your recruiting teenage boys. Right. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe like, yeah. with Daredevil, like, man, like put put that energy into your law practice, dude. I mean, like <laughs> I mean, but I I mean, I guess I have to come back to like I've so again, I think this kind of answers the the movie. I mean, I think that that's pretty much it, right? That like we've we I don't want to use the term no better, right? But we act better. Like we sure. we just we don't I mean, some people do. Some people I was gonna say the healthy of the healthy ones of the us. The healthy ones of us. But we, if we seek revenge, unfortunately, it or maybe for, maybe it's the best option. It's emotional. Right. It's never. It's not like if it's not a physical necessarily. And and the the level of of both angst, anger, and resentment that we have to keep ourselves in as we plot and act out the revenge is debilitating for us as, yes. as well. And I think one does I think, not one does not find a place of peace and then like three years later go, oh let me go react enact my revenge. Right. right. And, you know, so, and I'll say like and, and this brings us to our quote from Romans. Like I've I've actually as even the most um the people that hurt me in the most violent ways, both emotionally and physically, I've never had the desire to hurt them physically. Like I've only wanted, if, if I've only, if I've desired for them to hurt, I've desired for them to hurt 
in a way that they feel bad for what they did. Right. Right. I've right. never desired them to hurt even in the same way. I've never gone, well, I wish somebody would do to you what you did to me. It's like, I wish you could be the kind of person, right? It's even a, a plea to be better, mm -hmm. to understand how much you hurt me. So Romans 12, 19 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. I'm going to guess that uh, because um, I think this says a lot about Paul. I think Paul was maybe a small, weak man um, because I think if he was a big, burly guy who actually enacted the revenge himself, he may not have written this. So I think he was sort of like, yeah. okay, I can't, I can't go, I can't go beat up those dudes. So I'm going to call God to do it for me. See, I think this comes out of a place that I just said, like, Paul persecuted Christians and he's going, man, I feel like shit for that. Oh, you're like, right. Oh, that's terrible. And I think it's coming from a place of like, but that's God's to deal with me. That's not yours. Oh, see, I went which a whole is, other, which is went, problematic for me, honestly. Like I went a whole other direction. I think I it's a little self-protection. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's where I was going yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of like, so don't hurt me because yes. I'm going to have to deal with Jesus. God's you know? going to get revenge on me. It'll exactly. <laughs> right. And I mean, honestly, at this moment, I can't tell you, I don't have enough memory of Romans 12 to tell you what was going on. Now, I, I think at this point, Paul was imprisoned and, like, on his way. To so they're wanting to burn down the prison, and yeah, he's yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, all right. But, but I, you know, what's really interesting to me is, like, how much I have internalized this particular passage of, like, and, and I've internalized it in a lot of different ways of, like, that, you know, vengeance is God's or, like, or or even to the point of like thinking about it in terms of like karma like that like the you know what goes around comes around and like it's not my job to be the vehicle of that um it's i i'm actually really just kind of kind of taken aback by how much that has that has really become something that i have that i have really bought into like, and, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing that I bought into it. I just think, like, I, I think it's one of those things that I probably hold as a core value more so than I, I realize that, like, seeking revenge is never productive. Seeking revenge is never life-giving. It's never something that leads down a good road. And, and somehow I have, I have inter but I've also internalized the idea that, like, Justice will be served. Right. That God will intervene at some point. And I might not see it. And it might not happen, you know, in my lifetime. But I, I, I definitely have this core belief that at some point, the wrongs of the world will be righted. I might not be there to see them. And, and but that's, that's something that, it's, it's weird. I, like, I, I, it's weird as I'm thinking about it. Like, how much that, that is just something that I, I hold very deeply. So I want to be, I want to be very clear that like revenge and accountability are very different. Oh, for sure. Right. Like we are called to hold people accountable. Oh yeah. 
Like we are not called to enact their punishment. Yeah. Oh, unless accountability fails, then we gonna bring the, bring the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, you know what comic book does not sell well? Accountability man. Accountability man. <laughs> there you go. Accountability man does not sell well. There you go. Um, there you go. We I, are the accountabilityers, <laughs> not the Avengers. We're the accountability Avengers. <laughs> the accountabilityers. That a word. But I think that's what a Look lot of what you did. a lot of superheroes are trying. <laughs> like a lot of that is trying to get to right. holding us accountable to who we should be and what we should right. be. What is your superpower? Shame right. and blame. Right. Shame. Sorry. Shame. Uh, and and religion has that down pat. We're great right. at that, right? We're we're great at it. But I I so I, my my struggle as my as my idea of God evolved from interventionist to to presence, this was one of the things that I had a hard time letting go. Mm. You know, wait, wait, yeah. wait a minute. The, the, like, again, divine justice or divine yeah. vengeance is not going to be served. They're not going to get the random strike by lightning bolt. They're not going <laughs> to like, like, like what? I, you know, because that was, to Derek's point, that was the thing that gave me some kind of hope. And oh, yeah, for be sure. At peace, maybe be at peace with letting the those who I felt had wronged me go their own merry way. God I, will get you someday. I've said this in the last four years. I've said this about Trump that like I had let go of that completely in my theology. And I, I said this a couple years ago, like soon after he was elected, I was like, I, I am craving that theology again. Like I, I am craving wanting deeply to believe that he will get his someday mm. that he like i would love nothing more right now than to steeply believe that he will have to answer to jesus himself <laughs> for everything he has done and if he fails which he will he goes to a fiery hell right like i would give anything to believe that right now and that's hard that is a hard thing and a hard place well, to be. You know, it's it's fun watching the impeachment proceedings. Like, you know, that there's there's a there's a certain sense of of satisfaction of of watching all of this unfold. But again, um, the Schadenfreude doesn't live up. It doesn't speak for oh. yourself. Oh. I am having a, I am I am enjoying it thoroughly. It's not enough for me. It's not enough. It's, it's so what if he gets impeached? Like he's I just it's not enough. Like it's, voting him out of office will help a lot. Right. That would help a lot. But like, I just, anyway. But here's, here, here's, here's why it's still enough for me because since his election, every subsequent 2018 midterms, the recent elections we just had, every subsequent right. election, you see more and more people, especially women and people of color who've been emboldened to say, we are going to be the change. We're going to step up. You know, they may be coming from the place of, of you know, revenge or, or we got we to gotta fix that presidential election. But, but the point is, they've been emboldened. So as we, and I think as these impeachment proceedings go on, more and more people, whether he's voted out of office or not, probably, that, that's probably not going to happen. But, but even if it does, or if it doesn't, sorry, okay. I think more and more <laughs> like, and more... <laughs> More and more people are going to become emboldened 
to right. step into public office, to to step in to to enact injustice on all sorts of levels. The woman, I mean, my favorite headline was, you know, the woman who flipped him off on the bicycle during the motorcade. Right, and she, you know, just... she she ran for an office in Loudoun County, Virginia, you know, around where he used to live, and 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 she, I mean, that right. would not have happened if he hadn't been, if he if he isn't the terrible human being and leader that he is. So in a sense, you know, I've, I've, I've always said this, um, we need, we need to be grateful for him and his presidency because it's re I mean, more so than any other president before him, more so than W God bless his heart. He is re he's really pushed the envelope to ask us who do we want to be as a people in a nation. And sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes it, it takes, you know, those of us who've been in the recovery game, sometimes it takes the rock bottom, you know, for us to decide this is not who we want to be. I, I think it's an extent to, to it's too far. Kanye 2024. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll admit, that, that might be the real rock it's, bottom. <laughs> it's too far for me to thank him for anything or to find this time a blessing. But no, um, um, listen, if it, okay, let's bring this, let's make it personal. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for him and his presidency, our very own Brian Berghoff, I'm 100% sure we're not be running for Congress right now. And we need, and we need people like that. We need, we need people like Brian who, who, you know, people of integrity, people who. I, are, I mean, I don't. So, I'm just saying. No, I, I don't, I don't disagree in that term. I, you know, so at, at the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, um, so in 91, right? 90, 90, 91. I was, I was actually at my grandparents' house for the 50th anniversary. And I was watching all of this. And my grandmother is telling me the story of what happened that day. Like she was in school. She, um, you know, they, they all left and went to the church and prayed. Like that's what they spent the day doing the rest of the day. And, and all of these interviews, again, you know, this was 20 years ago where these guys were 20 to 30 years ago. <sighs> where these guys were, you know, um, there were a lot more World War II vets, you know, 30 years ago. Sure. So they were telling all these stories about how they were the laziest generation. Like they were called lazy by their parents. They were, you know, called entitled and all these things. And this war came and they all rallied together. And, and this, what we would call this prosperity came out of that time. And this very productive group of people and women stepping up into roles and and what we did with that is debatable whether or not we really did well with that challenge but we're um, talking about we got instagram influences now that was i mean the war listen okay but anyway the uh but but this may be our time right like every generation what it, what that taught me when i was 11 was like every generation has that opportunity to step up and to ask that question, who are you, who are you really and who are you gonna be in response? And, and I'm not comparing Trump to the devastation of World War II in the world. I'm just saying that is the time, this is the time that we're asking that question about, and you're right on that part. Um, which, you know, I, I'm, I want to move on to the next question, but I feel like it's such a hard left turn that I'm having a hard time finding a segue. <laughs> so. 
So I think that was your segue. Right I there. think that was, that's that my segue that because segue. segue is we have no segue. Wait, so right. It's like the news where you like, you could make something up and like, speaking of pandas, you're you like, nobody to, was talking about pandas. You want to put like a sound effect in there? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, we need, so, we need Tyra screeching. <laughs> Around the corner. So here we, t- as we turn the corner, um, so, you know, so now the question becomes after we, talk about revenge and movies, which I don't, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure what revenge has to do with veterans. I think that's a hard sell for me, a link between the two, but I'm just gonna name that. Um, so the question becomes, how do we better support our veterans? And why is there consistently support for the military, but fla- flagging, 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 flagging support. This, I- I think we found. I think we found our campaign question. Didn't we have a thing a couple episodes again? Uh, yeah, we ago did find our campaign question about yeah. about what is that? What is that one question that's like you know? Oh, well, I feel like our us. next question finishes the conversation. I feel like that's a, a. I feel like that question I just read is a whole episode in itself. Yeah, that's the talking um, points question from. It is from, a talking, from, from Brian. We love you, but that's talking points, not. Hub there we yet. go. Um, mm-hmm. So. Let's finish this part of the conversation. So discuss our fascination with watching movies that glorify violence while trying to come to terms with actual violence in our society and our world. Is there a connection? So I actually, I actually did some research of this because I looked at the questions a whole 15 minutes before we came on air. What? Is, that never happens. Never, never <laughs> happens. I can count on one hand the number of times it happened and I had like three fingers left over. So, so there was actually a study done and this was all the way back in 2012, 2013. It was done um, a joint study between the University of Augsburg in Germany and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And it says that people are more likely to watch movies with gory scenes of violence if they felt there was meaning in confronting violent as- aspects of real life. So, in other words, um, it's not that people are necessarily drawn to or attracted to violence, but but part of it is some of the other things that come along with violence, thrill and suspense. But if in in the course of seeing this violence play out, there's other um, positive insights towards some aspect of the human condition. So, you know, we talked about revenge before or justice or seeing someone um, overcome maybe abuse to become a stronger person and and enacted violence or, you know, if there's an evil nation despot person and, who's overthrown violently and good is restored through violent means, there's more relate. We relate more to that aspect of it. The study found than the violence in and of itself. It's not the violence in and of itself is what, is what the violence brings about that we can sort of relate to. Um, And, and I think this, when, when people talk about, if they want to talk about the connection to the violence, they often get on a discussion about video games and, you know, my conversation in that is like, th- that's about stress relief to me, right? That's, that's not even, for me at least, that's not even a glorification of violence or war. Um, it's not, but it is, it is a desensitization of Yeah, it, it which, can be if right. you're, if, 
if we're already doing that, right? Like it's one of many elements of desensitization right. that we have in this world, right? Exactly. And desensitization doesn't lead to us acting it out, which is really important. Right. None of us, none of us are watching Kill Bill and going out and getting a bunch of samurai swords and right. going to hack away people. Right. You know, maybe two of us, but, I mean, but we got other issues. If, if that's Well, listen, how many times have Derek and I watched Goodfellas and like, we have never once wanted to no. go, man, I wish I was in the mob. Like, right. you exactly. know, exactly, exactly. I mean, so it's important to say that because, you know, there's, they're always drawing this connection between, you know, some, uh, a mass shooter or somebody enacting right. horrible violence. And, and that's where that video games, even though that's been researched to death and yes. there's no connection. So that, that, that there was a meme or whatever that came out a long time ago that was basically said every other, in the, every other country in the world almost right has violent movies has violent video games has mental right. health has you know all the things our white supremacist shooters have but here's what america has that's different you know right. um and and you state know, fairs right <laughs> like <laughs> i mean name it and it's and it's there what what america has is is a fascination with um superiority in whiteness and the hatred of other people, which other countries and have in different ways, but it's and not easy the same access to and weapons. easy access let's, to let's weapons. call that it's called that one out too. Exactly. Very easy. Access. Um, and again, I think miss you, you know, Beto. Miss you, Beto. You see Beto. But miss you, Beto. Beto Rourke. Beto. Oh, Beto. Sorry. Got My it. My pronunciation is all messed up today. <laughs> no, it's all right. I got you. you know, Beto was all like, I'm coming for your guns. I mean, I'll admit, even even if I'm watching a violent show, which I'm I'm binging one right now, like one Ooh, of the- What are you binging? Oh my God, I'm on Scandal and I just, I, yes! like, I can't stop. I can't. That oh used God. to be my jam. Oh, I can't stop. Like, I'm obsessed. Um, but so one of fair the- fair warning, fair warning. What are you, are you in, what season? In are you still in season, season one? three. Okay, fair warning. I think it's five. Don't spoil things. No, I'm not spoiling. I'm just saying it goes off the rails. Well, I'm waiting. I told Derek yesterday, I was like, please let it go off the rails because I need to not stop being obsessed. Like, no, I, I need it to be bad so that I can yeah. stop obsessing about it. But anyway, she, this character bought a gun and like mailed it across the country because she was in a different state. And like that whole, like, there were plenty of things to be disturbed with in ap that episode and that disturbed me the most, right? Is that yeah. like she bought a gun and said, put it in the mail and it arrived to her two days later and, and she didn't need those two days. Like she, she just waited two days because it came in the mail, but that freaked me out. I guess she didn't check the box that says, yes, this contains for our right, exactly. <laughs> You're supposed to check the box. Right. <laughs> our system works so well. <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah, that really went through a metal detector. <laughs> so, um, so Derek's so, gonna get us back on topic. So I have, I, I have to put on my, I have to put on my film student hat here. For, uh, I took, I took a couple of classes about film genres, and one of the things that's really interesting is that um, there was a spike, like the first spike in American horror films, happened immediately after Vietnam. Um, we also had a spike. And, you know, we also had a spike in horror films during the Cold War. And then we had another spike that's been pretty recent that happened immediately after 9-11. 9 
part of what that tells us is that like people want violence in their world that is manageable. Mm-hmm. It's violence that they can control, violence that has an endpoint, violence that has some sort of container. It's it's the idea that there is a violence in the world that we can we can put our fingers on the pulse of and say or uh, honestly like a violence that we can walk out of the theater or like take the Blu-ray out of the machine or right. watch something else. Like to have a, And I can always turn it off. I can always turn it off. I can right. always walk away. I can always close my eyes. I can always bury my face. Like to have um have violence in the world that feels manageable, I think is actually really healthy for us. Um, and I also think that, you know, I think part of, and I, I'll go back to Paul, um, or Pauline literature, um, the whole idea of putting on the full armor of God, it's the idea of, Paul uses a lot of war imagery because there is this idea of, of good versus evil and good triumphing over evil that is hope giving. Right. And it is, it is somehow instills us with like, uh, that things, that things won't always be bad, that, that the, the bad guys will get their comeuppance, that there will be some sort of justice happening. I think, you know, I, I, I've never, you know, um, I, we talked about this back in October. I, I've never been a horror movie person, but like I've watched, you know, I watch a lot of action movies. I watch a lot of movies that have have violence in them. I watch a lot of shows that have violence in them. And like part of the yes, there is sort of this escapism because to the to the extent that I can tr- control it, violence is not a part of my real life, and I'd like to keep it that way. Um, but there also is, you know, there's something that just feels like, man, if we could, if we could really just get like seven of us together, I mean, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back to Rogue One. If we Do you want re- Fight Club? Re- is that what you're no, asking I, I don't, for? I don't want to fight Club. <laughs> I feel like that was where I was going. <laughs> if we could get seven of us together, I feel like no, we were about no, to create no, Fight Club. No, no, no. I was with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I was like, are we about to create <laughs> Fight Club? <laughs> First rule of Fight Club is you don't <laughs> podcast about Fight Club. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, if, if seven of us can come together and, like, find the thing that, that is going to allow the world, the rebels to destroy the Death Star, like, like, there is something about that that feels like, I mean, that's why Rogue One is honestly the best thing that ever happened to Star Wars. But... That's right. I said, you heard it here first. Right. I, we gonna we gonna talk about that in the post show. It. Um, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's up there, and it was. It's super it good. I'm brilliant. sorry. It's super anyway, good. Um, but like, but there is something like you know, and even like, I, it's funny. We saw the remake of the Magnificent Seven a couple months before Rogue One came out, and it's yeah. like, oh, Rogue One was a better. The Magnificent Seven. Seven. Yes. And the remake of the Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but like, there's something about like that small group of people fighting against this larger than life thing, which is, which is so often how we feel. It's the that's the so small often. group of people is the only thing exactly. that can change that's the world. So right? The underdog. We, we, yeah. always, we tend to We're always, always look for the yeah. underdog. So I mean, that's, that's part of why Star Wars resonates so much, and and I think part of why the prequels didn't resonate as well is like. 
because the hero is not a Star Wars show. The, I, I, you know, what? <laughs> but no, the, the prequels, the prequels was. I'm sorry. I apologize for the tangent I took us down. No, no, no. But there is something about being a part of like a rebellion, a small group of people going up against insurmountable odds. Yeah, absolutely. And where, where you and feel I, like that is, that is what my life feels like. And I think that in the best moments, if you will, like in the best moments, when veterans describe what they had, that is the best of what they had, right? right. They were a group of people. They were a band of brothers, right? right? Like they were a group of people that were fighting evil in the world and they were connected and it was honorable and it was good and it, it was hard and it was and difficult, but they supported one another. They would die for one another. They were coming from small towns all right. across the country. They were nobodies. They were that, nobodies. They were walking away from their farms and they were walking away from their mechanic jobs and they were walking away from whatever it was that they did so that they could be a part of this larger cause, which, oh my God, isn't that exactly what all of us want is to feel like we're a part of something bigger. Well, and isn't well, that the, what- And the flip, side, the flip side to that, just throw this in there, is let's, let's declare that army recruiters intentionally exploit that. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. Throw that in there. And, and, and my, any issues that I have with Veterans Day are the exploitation of that. Right. And the forgetting of any PTSD, right? Any, the, the, high, the high rate of suicide, the high rate of homelessness, like all the terrible things that we do to our veterans. And right. yet today is this day that we glorify service, right? Ooh, is that the segue point? Well, I think, here's what I think we should do. Found I it. Think, Found it. I think that if you want to hear our conversation on how we can better support veterans, you should become a Patreon. Um, supporter. A supporter. Thank you. And uh, we will discuss that in the post show. Wow. That's what I think wow. should happen right now. Wow. now that's, that's a hard segue. Dang. We went from Rogue One to how why you should become a patron. <laughs> that's that's like, a U, that's, that's like a U-turn and a and a get off the highway exit right here. No, no, I think I made it work. I like it. I like it. Wow. And speaking of pandas, so a big thank you to our special guest, Derek. We'd like to thank the originator of Pub Theology who came up with our crazy questions today, Brian Burkoff, and our editor. Derek no. Weston. producer, did we, are we changing the title again now? No, no. you had issues. Der- oh, I didn't issues. have issues. Okay. You, you were clarifying. Okay. That's I was all just I clarifying. And I'm our producer, producer and special guest, Derek Weston. Our well-paid producer. <laughs> <laughs> Can help us pay him more by becoming there a Patreon. <laughs> Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram TV. Friends, um, if you haven't already, it's worth your $2 or $7 if you want to hear our conversation before and after. Patreon.com slash PT Live for more content. And if you would like to create your own pub theology, I don't know why after listening to our conversation you would ever want to do that. <laughs> but go to pubtheology.com slash directory. I think, and until I think after listening to our conversation, people are gonna want to start their like, they're like they're like, they're like, no, this this did not cut it. We gotta do this ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I was going. Derek's like, I want more of this. I was like, you want a different conversation. <laughs> until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.